Newton is back, y'all. We knew it was coming, but he's finally back, and we're here to talk about it. It's it's my boys. I got Lawrence. I got Xavier. What's going on, y'all? How's it going? It's good. Appreciate you for having us. Yeah, no thank problem. you. Thank you. It's a play-by-play analysis. It's Devin Ashby, SK Play-by-Play. If you know, you know. If you don't know, don't worry about it. And we're here to talk Cam Newton because, like I said, he's back. You know, the Patriots just signed this man to a one-year deal. It's very heavily incentive-laden, which is probably to be expected. You know, he's um, coming. He was released by the Panthers after, I want to say, seven or eight years there. You know, it didn't really end as well as we as he would have hoped. But, you know, now he's replacing Tom Brady. You know, they actually said it's the fir- the Patriots are the first team to replace an MVP with another MVP in the offseason. You know, what did, what did y'all think when y'all saw the notification? Well, I was happy for Cam, first off, because we all know that uh, Carolina did him dirty. You know, if they didn't plan on bringing him back, they could have let him go, like, before free agency so that he could have had a better shot for things then. But, you know, everything happens for a reason. And, you know, it, it really says a lot right now about how Belichick actually feels about Jared Stidham, the fact that he brought Cam in. And, you know, we've been hearing on different networks all off season. oh, Belichick thinks Jared Stidham is going to be a stud. He's going to be a star. He. He's got what it takes to replace Tom Brady. He clearly doesn't think that. Because if he did, he wouldn't be bringing in Cam Newton. But like I said, first and foremost, I'm happy for Cam. I believe he's going to come in and he's going to do a good job. It's no pressure for a former MVP to come in and replace a guy like Tom Brady. At least not the type of pressure it would have been for Jared Stidham. Somebody who has not had a single start in a regular season NFL game. We've seen him have a couple of snaps, but he's never had a start. But um, more than him, but I'll just say it again. Just really happy for Cam, and uh, I know he's going to he's going to make the most out of this opportunity. I just want to say, um, isn't it mysterious how God works? You know, Amen. The fact that you know, like my brother Xavier said, he was blackballed really in Carolina, and I won't go as far as to say you know exactly what their motives behind it were because I'm not in those meetings. I'm not behind, in those closed rooms. But I will say is that someone that does what Cam did for your franchise, you don't treat them like that. You don't treat an MVP taking you all to a Super Bowl, carrying you all, not saying that the defense wasn't good, but we know what Cam's had to deal with in terms of offensive weapons around him. I mean, honestly, outside of Steve Smith and uh, aging Greg Olson, there really hasn't been much consistency in who he's throwing the ball to. And so, you know, we see this a lot with our black sports in the NFL to the point to where it's kind of like, well, if they have to slip through the cracks of still being a quote-unquote quarterback, then we try to dampen what they have to throw with. So we give them average receivers, average running backs, like average tight end or aging tight end in that matter, and expect them to go out there and try to put up pro- pro- prolific numbers, excuse me, and have an all-time like great season. And I don't, I just feel like that's not realistic when you deal with all the top-end quarterbacks that have top-end weapons. So, 
like my brother X said at the beginning of this, like I'm praying, I, I'm praying for Cam. Like I always want to see a black brother proceed and do well, succeed. Yeah, succeed. But I just don't want it to be something to where it's kind of like he takes on a new image just to fit New England being himself. Right. Definitely. Hey Meg, what did you think? We got Meg in the house. She just, you know, stopped hey, by. Friend. What's going on? What's going on? You're on the show, Meg. What what did you think when you saw that Cam was signed into the New England? First of all, I'm honored to be here. Um, let's see. I mean, I'm happy for him. Um, I mean, I guess we'll see how he do. This is my thing with Cam. He got to be healthy. Yep. Absolutely. Cam is literally like made of glass. I know nobody wants to hear that shit, but it is what it is. Um, so I mean, yeah, yeah. Sure. I'm a little anxious, but I don't know what to expect. Honestly, I add on to that a little bit just simply by saying we know he has to be healthy, but I won't go as far tonight as giving a prediction as well as I think he'll do in his first year there, whether it's his only year there because it is only a one-year contract. Right. I won't go that far, not because of we don't know how healthy he is. This is New England, and this is a system that's like no other system in the NFL. And we've seen some guys come in and pick up on it just so quickly, and we've seen others struggle to pick it up, and they pick it up in due time. And we've seen others just not be able to pick it up at all. So first, first we have to see how he's going to adapt and adjust to that system first. But like I said, definitely praying and wishing him a lot of success there. I believe he's going to have a good year. Yeah, I I, I hope he does too because I've been Cam has been one of my favorite players for a while. You know, um, we saw him when he came to the league. It was like the first of its kind because you know you don't see quarterbacks who are that big that can run, and then the man had a cannon, and we saw like at Auburn. He was just so spectacular, and, I mean, that team had no business being in a national championship. He's gotten to the league, and it's been somewhat of an uphill battle because, like y'all said, outside of Steve Smith and then Greg Olson, he's never really had the greatest cast of weapons and still made things happen. Um, He's fought a lot of injuries. I mean, the man got in a car crash a few years ago and played that same week. Like, you know, he dealt with... He dealt with, like, the, the, the MVP season people were doing the usual microaggression stuff. Like, oh, he dances too much and he's too arrogant and he did all this stuff. And people were, like, rooting for this dude to fail. And I'm just like, that's wild. You know, people, there's not a ton of other quarterbacks that just get ragged on like this during an MVP caliber season. You know, it's only been him and we see it with Lamar Jackson now. Like... You know, so I do hope he does well. And I like like X said, I'm not going to make any predictions of what happens because especially this is one of the more unique off-seasons we've seen in, in a while with this pandemic. So it's hard enough to pick that offense up. But now you add the pandemic to it. So, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. Dev, you brought up 2015. This one memory in particular, and you bringing up how people were rooting for him to fail, people were ragging on him, people didn't necessarily like him doing all of the dabbing. This one memory in particular that sticks out for me. 
when the Panthers, who were so great that season, were playing the horrible Tennessee Titans that year. Oh, yep, I remember that. And he was in the end zone, and he was celebrating a touchdown. And one of the uh, Titans players, a linebacker, I believe, he took exception to it. I'm like, I've never seen this happen with any other quarterback. Well, yeah, most quarterbacks aren't dabbing like Cam. That's what made him so different. You know, even Michael Vick wasn't doing all that. But... I remember that, and then that that made it even worse because some some uh, woman decided that she would write either Cam or the Panthers as a whole. I can't remember which one, but she wrote a letter basically saying, "Oh, you know, my daughter and I was offended watching this, and you're supposed to be a role model." And you and I'm like, "Woman, look here. If you." Don't got control of your own child that you think she got to watch Cam Newton and think that dancing is being a bad role model. That's something that you got to discuss within your own house. That ain't Cam's fault, you know. And also, people hate to dance. And I'm like, well, if you don't want them to dance, don't let them get in the end zone, you know. And that's the case with any of these guys. Like, if you don't want them dancing, you don't want them signaling first down, none of that, then don't let them get in the end zone. Don't let them get a catch, you know. But there were so many yards that before he got into the end zone that happened for him to that led to him doing the dance. Like it was a one yard touchdown. Like, yeah. Tackle him, bro. Like it's not that hard. Or like if you're sick and tired, like I know it's not about basketball, but like people who celebrate three point shots in basketball, stop it, bro. Like they can't celebrate if they don't make the shot. Like he can't celebrate if he, if he doesn't score a touchdown. So. Yeah, I thought like that was very childish. Exactly. And then the other thing, if he was fighting that hard during the game, then he wouldn't be in the end zone so much, you know? Like, if you put half that much effort in between tackles, then, you know, yeah. Like you said, there's no reason a linebacker should be crying to a quarterback. The quarterback should be the one crying, you know? But Cam is just different. And the other thing with Cam is that he, it's going to be interesting because, you know, New England for years, Tom Brady was like, you couldn't even breathe on him wrong without getting 15 yards, you know? Cam has never had that protection. I mean, we've seen dudes just take shots at him like, I mean, Falcons game a few years ago. Somebody, I mean, this is a the most blatant case of helmet-to-helmet contact. Like, he put a shoulder to the dude's head when he was sliding. And there was no flag call whatsoever. You know, there was an incident where Cam bumped the ref and got ejected because, like, he wasn't getting protection. Like, I mean, he does not get the same protection that many of his other quarterbacks get. So, like, I mean, you wonder in New England, is he going to still deal with that? Well, here's one thing I'll say about it. Their offensive line is not going to be the same New England offensive line that we're accustomed to. And it doesn't even have to do with the Cam factor, Brady no longer being a... Dante Scarnacchia, their offensive line coach, who is one of the greatest offensive line coaches in the history of the game, he retired this offseason. And I've never known offensive lines necessarily be a Belichick strong suit. I'm not sure exactly who it is that they've been able to get in there to replace him. But with that being said, I do expect this offensive line to be better than any offensive line that Cam has ever had in Carolina. But as much as I feel like, yes, this is a better team, than he had in Carolina, to me, like, the le- it comes down to, like, bro, how healthy are you? Because if you get out there and you, like, and you're not 100% and you get cracked, bro, like, that it, it, that could be it for you. Especially, like, 
making the money that you seem that you fit to make. Because we've seen it before when players try to rush back from injury, thinking, yeah, I'm good, I can play, and end up working their injury. We've seen it across like all sports. Mm-hmm. But he's had almost a full year now. Because remember, he didn't play for like seven games, I think, during the regular season. And then you add the offseason to it. He's he's had some time. But the other thing I wonder is, is this New England team really better than any of the Carolina teams he's been on? Because, I mean, they they emptied the cupboard. It's not just Tom Brady that left. Like, I mean, I did see that. And then on offense, it's like you got Julian Edelman, but who else? And maybe, really maybe Nikhil Harry. I really believe that Sony Michelle was actually better than how he played last year. I remember Sony Michelle the first six games of his rookie year, and we were actually saying, well, some of us were anyway. Brady finally has a running back, and then he had a slight knee injury in there that could have been season ending, but it turned out not to be. But he did miss some games, and he came back for the playoffs, and he wasn't excellent, but he was timely. He could get plays when he when they needed him to get the plays the most. So if he's not necessarily dealing with the injuries, the fact that this is now going to more than likely become a more run-oriented offense, because I don't expect Cam to have to necessarily adjust his style too much. Mm-hmm. And one of the reasons I say that is because I was uh, listening today on First Take where uh, somebody, I can't remember if it was Stephen A. or if it was Dominique Foxworth, where somebody was saying in 2018 the Patriots were actually interested in possibly drafting Lamar Jackson, but they didn't do it. So, you know, I believe Belichick, and he's one of the greatest adjusters of all time when it comes down to coaching and having to adjust his defense and having to adjust his offense. I believe he'll let Cam insert a little of that run option play dual threat style quarterback play in there and because they're going to be doing that they're going to be focusing more on getting their run game back going too which they were more than likely going to be doing with Jared Stidham at quarterback anyway because you really don't know what he's going to be able to give you and that's the other thing do we do we really all I mean because you know this is Bill Belichick so he doesn't show favoritism even if he does sign Cam do we all believe that this is not an open competition at quarterback like not not to disrespect Cam, but just the fact that I mean, even Wait, are you saying that you think it will be open competition? I, I I don't see why it can't be just because of the team he's on. Like if it were anywhere I've else, I've always seen it. I've seen this whole thing. Like even after they signed him, I was like, bro, they're still gonna let the let these boys compete for it. Right, like it ain't it ain't a done deal that Cam is the starter either. But yeah, I mean, yeah, but I even, agree. I agree. Even still, even with. Stidham, it's the same thing. Yeah, they're gonna this year definitely is gonna be a run heavy Patriots team, regardless of who's starting. But I, I think Cam, they could open the playbook up with Cam. Like I think he's a lot more adept than people think or give him credit for. Like he he can run offenses, and I feel like this system that they was running with Tom Brady could fit his playing style too. You know, I mean, if they have the weapons for him, because I know Edelman, yeah. The kill Harry, we still the jury's still out. We don't know what he is yet. I think he's gonna be special, but I, I mean it's still early. And I mean, other than that, I mean who else are, are so, we they still got to? James White? Do they? I don't know. Is he still there? No, he's still there. Oh, okay, then yeah, yeah, he's still there. And yeah, he's one of the best receiving backs that nobody talks about. 
And, you know, we also remember Bill Belichick won 11 games with Matt Castle in 2000 and uh, I think it was 2008 when Tom Brady tore his ACL. So he's shown before that he, he like you said, one of the best at adjusting. You know, now we, we just got to see what that defense is going to be looking like. I don't think they're gonna. I don't think the D's gonna have the type of year they had last year. That last year was that was one of them years. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, but I mean, Belichick has always been a do your job. You know, like it, it doesn't matter who you plug in, but at the same time, you need some talent. Like we're really gonna truly see Bill Belichick. Like this is gonna be a. I mean, assuming there is a year, because you know Corona be tripping, but if there is a football season this year, we gonna really see just how good. Bill Belichick is or isn't. Tyler Tynes finally um, announced the date for this Cam Newton podcast special that he's doing. You know, and I'm looking forward to that. I mean, it, the timing was great. I mean, you said he didn't know uh, that he would be going to Boston, but, you know, it's still great timing to see it's coming out July 13th, and I'm excited to see what they do with it. He's like a big brother figure to me, speaking of Tyler Times, and uh, I was actually just speaking with him a few days ago, and ironically enough, that conversation did not come up, but just like you, Dev, I've been waiting for it. I've been waiting for this podcast. He's been traveling all around the country, speaking with different coaches, different people, different uh, personnel, different family members of Cam's, and uh, he didn't actually spend a lot of time talking to Cam himself, as he revealed in the preview that he put out on Twitter on yesterday. But I'm just excited to see what he's going to come out with because, I mean, I don't know if you guys have been tuned into it on YouTube, but The Ringer has really been coming out with some really good content throughout this period of quarantine and throughout this pandemic since we've all mostly been locked in for the most part. But uh, that's definitely going to be must-see content, must-see TV. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, especially with everything that's come out in light of The Ringer recently. I'm trying to support all the black writers that they do have. So, you know, shout out to Tyler for this, you know. Um, and then speaking, the, the other thing, you know, we hear the talk about Boston and Boston has been, you know, we understand the kind of city Boston can be towards players of color. So you wonder what Cam might be exposed to that Tom Brady never had to deal with. Assuming things don't go as planned. That's definitely true. And you, you know the number one person who I feel like he should have a conversation with if he hasn't had one with him yet about him going to Boston and the New England area? Bill Russell? Yes. He needs to talk to Bill Russell. Because, I mean, Bill Russell did all of that winning during his days as a player and when he was a player coach for the Celtics. And he still was abused basically by those fans verbally some of them threatened him he received death threats like i don't know the full story of bill russell i mean he's 86 years old as a matter of fact forget me saying bill russell it's mr russell i don't know the full story of mr russell he's 86 years old and he's seen things throughout his life that we will hopefully never have to experience but that's definitely someone who cam needs to talk to and, you know, maybe even David Ortiz, too. I don't know if David Ortiz has ever experienced any form of racism when he was in Boston. I haven't heard him speak about it. We know he's beloved there, but 
Are, have there been instances where the team may be having a losing season where the fans show you their true colors about you mm-hmm. or how they really feel about you? But Tory Hunter, I think Tory Hunter mentioned something about Boston too. That's somebody else he might, you know, talk be look out and talk to about it. So Kyrie Irving, if they if they are in the same circles, you know, that somebody to talk to, even though he may not understand what Kyrie has to say, but yeah, anyway. But uh yeah, that but you know, and then the other thing with the Patriots, you know, right after the Cam Newton news comes out we hear that they're getting slapped for, I really think, something stupid. Like, I mean, of all the teams to film, why the Bengals? You know, it's, it's nothing special about Cincinnati. There hasn't been anything special about them for years. You know, like, I feel like people were making a big deal out of nothing, but because of Bounty Gate and, I mean, not Bounty Gate, because of Spy Gate that people can't let go of. So, I mean, it's, it's just weird timing. It's just a lot that came out at once yesterday. It's weird, but it's also brilliant because yeah. they knew that news was going to come out. So they decided to drop that bombshell news on us first about Cam. Right. They knew people would be excited about that. And of course, you turn on all the networks today, all the sports networks, and I'm one thing to talk about Cam to the Patriots. Right. If that doesn't happen yesterday, we're talking about another scandal involving the Patriots. Before we're talking about anything else, and this was yeah, the, and this is the worst one, and that's what I'm saying. This is the worst one because it's like it's dumb. It shouldn't be a scandal. The only reason it would be a scandal is because people can't let go of Spygate. Like it's the page, it's the Bengals. Like it's nothing special. You wouldn't have to film them. You didn't need extra film on them to beat them this past season. Like you know, and then you know, I mean, like I ain't I never. Got my boy Joey be there. They're gonna get their film now. Right. <laughs> it's gonna take a minute though. We we we're gonna see about that film. You know. Shout out to him though. I hope he, he do good things there. But we have time to talk on the Richard Sherman point because he made a very good point. What yes did, he did. What did he say? I missed it. You want you wanna say it next? But yeah, I I I basically sum it up for you. He was talking about how a former MVP quarterback only receiving almost barely a minimum contract and how he's never seen that happen before, and he called it uh, disgusting and ridiculous. And I agree with him 100%. And then I saw a graphic today where it said that Cam and Jameis combined will only be making a little over $10 million. Meanwhile, the Detroit Lions will be paying Chase Daniel $13 million this season, more than likely to just sit on the bench unless Matthew Stafford gets injured again. And it's it's, it's terrible. But Richard Sherman always speaks the truth. I, I expect nothing less of him and you know shout out to him you know but i think we can wrap that up here you know it's gonna be cool to see you know i want to thank y'all for coming on you know shout out as to always Cam. appreciate you shout out to y'all appreciate appreciate it uh megan had to, i think again. megan megan had to dip i think but you know shout out to her for coming on as well and we will see y'all on the next episode it's been the play by play analysis Devin ashby my man's Xavier, my man's Lawrence. We'll see y'all when we see y'all. Deuces.